Now, somebody finally got the right title for me. I'm not one who likes to take titles, but special is pretty accurate. I used to be introduced at school. Uh, Mr. Hammond is the uh, sub that always seems to get along with the special needs kids and the delinquent kids. And uh, I don't know what that said, but I'd go into a gym and they'd let the uh, special ed class out and they'd all come and give me a hug and the athletes would say, how do you know all those kids? I said, I don't know any of them, but when you're special, there's a, there's a bond there. <laughs> we are finishing up the book of uh, Hebrews and uh, I would like to uh, just take one verse that is important that we know. There's probably... Uh, the first chapter is probably the most important. Uh, I would title it, It's Impossible for Anybody to Be Greater Than the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to know for sure that we understand that. And then uh, in Hebrews 9, one of the greatest verses, it's impossible uh, to be saved without the shedding of blood. You can never have your sins forgiven. It's impossible. And then this familiar verse in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's an ominous verse. Without faith it is impossible to please God. I hope Rose doesn't decide to put that on my tombstone. It was impossible for David because he didn't have faith to please God. We need to know what faith is. It makes sense that uh, Satan would have a lot of counterfeit because he hates true biblical faith. He's got people to convince uh, themselves that faith is just believing strong enough in anything, it'll work. Faith is just asking for what you want, and you'll get it. None of those things are faith. And they say faith is really easy to do, but the life of faith is hard. We had a problem that somebody approached us and said, you know, I just really had faith that Connie's voice would get better. And I said, well, you can have all the positive thinking you want, but I've sat in front of her, and Connie's voice is not getting better. So what we did, we moved him in front of Janice. And you know what the difference between Connie's voice and Janice's voice? There's a lot of difference. <laughs> and now we've just had a bigger pathway so nobody has to sit in front of Connie. No. Connie and I have a bond with voices. Can you imagine us the first day of heaven when we bow before the Lord and we begin to sing, Worthy is the Lamb, and I'm gonna, we're going to step back and say, that was my voice? We're going to get a new voice. Janice, you're just going to have the same one. <laughs> <laughs> what is true faith? Faith is a resolute trust in God. No matter what happens, I trust God. When things I want to happen never happen, God is worthy of our trust. When things I never want to happen, happen, God is worthy. Faith is wanting what God wants more than what you want. Do you have that type of faith? No matter what happens, 
No matter what you want and it doesn't happen, God is worthy. I think one of the greatest statements of faith was by the Lord Jesus. Not my will, but thine be done. Have you ever told God that? I want your will above my will. That's true faith. Faith is the gaze of the soul upon an all-powerful God. God, I'm looking to you in faith. Faith acts on the promises of God. We sing that song, standing on the promises of God that cannot fail. Faith looks not by sight, but by an eternal perspective on an eternal God. Faith is action, trusting God and acting. James says, if you don't do something, your, your faith is in vain. Be a doer and just not a hearer. And I pray that'd be true of us this morning. By the result of the word of God, we'd act in faith. We'd do something. We'd trust God to use us. I like the acronym for faith, F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust him. Could we say that afresh to God this morning? Forsaking all, I trust you alone. There are some prerequisites to me that seem to be true of faith. It says, for without faith it is impossible to please God. For the one who comes to him. The first prerequisite is to come to God. To ask God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. John 12 says, if you come to me I will disclose myself to you. Over many times in John 15, it says, Abide in me, and you'll bear much fruit. How am I doing coming to God? You think of all the men and women of faith. They all came to God. Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees. Every place he went, he built an altar to the Lord and uh, only a tent for himself. Abraham was a friend of God. Noah, for 120 years, had a relationship with God that nobody else did. And for building that ark, he just kept believing God. And it, it had never rained, and yet his faith was strong. Moses thought he was ready for God, and he wasn't. And God says, here, come with me. And so 40 years, Moses walked with God in the, in the desert, and he, and he knew God so much that his face even shone with the glory of God. Elijah was ready to be used of God. And God says, well, get by the brook cauldron and I'll have a relationship with you and I'll provide for you. David, a man after God's heart, spent much of his life in the wilderness and with sheep alone in a relationship with God. The scripture says of John the Baptist, among those born of women, there's none greater than John. What was much of John's life was? Alone in the wilderness with God. What about us? Are we willing to come to God, to be oft alone with God, to learn of him? Not a commitment to know about God, but to know God. Enoch walked with God and knew the heart of God. You want to know God? Then there needs to be uh, needs in your life. It says of the Laodicean church, they don't need God. They think they have it all. And you can't grow in faith. You want to know him as a provider? 
then you must see yourself as needy. Do you want to know God as the sustainer? Then there must be extended difficulty, and you must cast all your care upon him. You want to know him as a healer? Then there's going to be sickness in your life. Doesn't mean God's always going to heal you. Three times Paul asked God to heal him, and God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. You want to know God as the Prince of Peace? Then there will probably be turmoil in your life. Think of that song we sing, It is well, it is well with my soul. Written from an author who lost his children and his wife uh, coming over from, to go to England. And he could say, it is well with my soul. I'm not sure I could have done that. Think of Job, all that he went through. And he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I had a great aunt, my great aunt Betty. She told me to come by her bedside as she was dying. And uh, she said, David, I want you to preach my funeral. And uh, all of our unsaved family members I'm going to have as uh, my pallbearers, and I'm going to seat them on the front row, and I want you to stand before them and preach the gospel. And uh, Betty was a wise woman. I, I was young when I knew her, but all I heard is Betty was a great woman of faith. In the 50s, she was hired by the U.S. government to uh, fight communism in America. And they, they found her out at one meeting and they, they brought her in front of the crowd and the, everybody was to go by and spit in her face. And I said, Betty, they spit in your face. And she says, yeah, they spit in my Savior's face. And I was able to be a little bit like him. Betty, they falsely accused you and put you in prison. The communist uh, made some Trump charges and she was sent to prison. And she says, yeah, they, they accused my savior wrongly. And her first week in prison, she was made the chaplain. And uh, many of, of uh, the women came to know the Lord through Betty's testimony. Betty got out of prison and she was diagnosed with terminal cancer and the radiation uh, destroyed her hands and her feet. And I said, Betty, you can't even walk anymore. And she says, yeah, they, they pierced my Savior's hands and feet. No matter what happened to her, she was always thankful that she could suffer like the Lord Jesus. Look what Paul prayed in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. There it is again, the life of faith, that I might know him. And that Paul wanted to even know and to suffer like the Lord Jesus did. So first of all, you, you must come uh, to God. And then there must be a, a crisis of faith in your life. Not if, but when it comes build an ark, I'm going to flood the earth. Take your son, your only son. Moses, my servant, is dead. You find yourself in the belly of a whale. There's giants in the land. 
There's a huge storm, and don't you care that we could perish? There's 5,000 people here, and they're hungry, and they need to be fed. And all of us have had crises in our life. Who will you turn to? What will you say to God? Your response should be, I need you, God. I, I can't do it on my own. And we need to cry out to God. It says the sweetest fragrance often flows from those who feel life's pains. They firmly trust in God's great love and in, and in his love remain. The songwriter wrote, whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'd be willing to do. I'd trade sunshine for rain, comfort for pain. That's what I'd be willing to do. For whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what I'd be willing to do. I like the acronym of TRUST, too, T-R-U-S-T. Take anything away that causes us not to walk by faith. Our read and meditate on God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Use it or lose it. Faith is a muscle that needs to be exercised. I like the example of the life of Abraham as we see his faith kept growing. It says he left Ur when he was told, and then he believed when he was old, and then he let go of his son Isaac rather than hold. Strengthen your faith. Walk with other men and women who are trusting God. My faith isn't always that great, but it's, I love to walk with men and women of faith. At my age, I'd love to be with Caleb and say, Caleb, you're going in faith, I'll go with you. We need to find other men and women of faith and hang on to their shirt tails. And then most of all, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Continually look to him. Faith is a conduit of a wire that goes to the electricity. And we're just a conduit, nothing of ourselves, but you hook yourself up with God and you're all powerful. Someday I'll see God in all of his glory and all of his power and might. And he could turn to me and say, do you know I was with you? I was in you and you could have had all the power from God. To have my voice but him speaking, my steps but Christ leading, my heart but his love beating, in me, through me, with me, What's it like to have Christ on the inside, to tap his strength with mine expires, or feel the force of heaven's fire? Could Christ become myself entire? So much him and so little of me, that through me it's him that they see. Conclusion, God does not expect me to work for him, but for me to allow him to work through me. And then I think we need to be aware that Satan is out to destroy our faith in God. He hates every man and woman in faith. And we don't have to go too far in the Word of God to see that Satan is after our faith. Eve, God really doesn't love you. Eve, God is holding out on you. He doesn't want the best for you. I've got something better. Can you imagine being in a perfect environment in a perfect God, a perfect husband. I mean, raise your hand if you have a perfect husband. 
Rose, put your hand down. No, she, <laughs> she wrecked the joke. She's not even here. You, you thought of putting yours up, though, didn't you, Carla? <laughs> but we need to trust God no matter if Satan tries to convince us that God isn't for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Even if Satan is, um, don't believe him. The Lord Jesus came to Peter and said, Peter, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. It's going to happen, but remember, I'm praying for you. He ever lives to intercede on our behalf. He prays for me every day that I wouldn't give in to the wiles of the devil, that I wouldn't be deceived, that I wouldn't think that something else could satisfy above God. How sad it is for people to not trust in God and faith and to go after things that will never satisfy. David, most of his life, was resolute in his faith. And then one temptation with Bathsheba, and he thought that Bathsheba could satisfy more than God. It wasn't true. And yet God forgave him and had great plans for his life. And then I think it's important in faith to to never be afraid to trust God, even when the circumstances don't look good. Faith never has anything to do with any circumstance in life. A great wave, a giant, uh, the children of Israel behind you and the Red Sea before them. You could take all these stories of faith, the, the walls of Jericho, walk around uh, every day, are you going to trust God or are you going to fear the giants in the land? 366 times in the Word of God, maybe more than any other phrase, God tells us, fear not. One for every day of the year and an extra one for leap year. God tells Timothy, God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity. Get out there and believe. Look at uh, these verses in Numbers Chapter 13, the children of Israel who brought back a bad report and a fearful report. Numbers 13 and verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw it in are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants Vainok came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were in their sight. So they lifted up their voices in fear. Ten looked at the circumstances. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, looked to God by faith. Which are we this morning? The fearful ones or the ones who look to God? And then uh, we are to be a people who stand on the promises of God. God says it. It's, it's believable. It's trustworthy. 
Let me, let's just read a few verses about faith. I think of the Old Testament one that maybe is on our wall or we like, Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Which is it if you sing the song? I think it's Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. Yep. Look at Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17. Every farmer, Alan, should have this on their wall. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the yields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. That's the circumstances, and boy, they're not good. What's the response? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high heels. When the circumstances look tough, uh, we need to stand on the promises of God. One plus God is a majority. Look at Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. So Jesus said to him, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, More from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I don't quite understand how, it, how you move mountains, but it says something that's very difficult that normally you wouldn't think would be unmovable. Even the faith of a mustard seed in the all-powerful God will cause things to happen. Just a little bit of faith in an all-powerful God. And then Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. A good preacher that's not special with no technology would have these verses on, on the uh, wall. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Part of my quiet time is to include that. Lord, let this verse be true in my life today. Lord, let me stand on the promise and the truth of this, of this verse. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're responsible to one another to obey these verses that we hear. And then we heard one example of Paul this, this morning and Paul was a great man of faith. Look at what he says. Be anxious for nothing in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. You know, I think you could say that the opposite of faith is worry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus people with cancer. How do you trust God when they tell you that you're dying of cancer? How do you trust God when you have a tragic death like in Rod's family? 
It doesn't make sense. And yet by the power of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, something that you could never do on your, by yourself, you can do with God's help. And then in James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Do you have that kind of faith? God even approached, Elijah approached God and said, Listen, look at how bad the people are, and you said you would withhold the rain. And God said, well, you pray that and I'll do it. And Elijah did, and God answered his prayer. And it says, Elijah is like me. I'm saying, I, not, not so much. But it could be true of my life by the grace and mercy and my calling upon God. And then 1 Peter chapter 1. You wouldn't think we'd go to the book of Peter to talk about having faith, would you? And yet, Peter did. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while if, while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You possess something greater than all the riches of the world. Faith in God. Do we go to God in faith? You don't have to have all the answers. Faith just says take one step at a time. Just Touch the Jordan River with your foot, and God will, will uh, open it. Your Red Sea on one side, and all the chariots and the hosts of the Egyptians coming after you, and uh, God says, Moses, lift your rod, and I'll part the sea, and you'll go in. One new believer went to a seminary, and uh, he'd just been saved, and he went to the wrong seminary. He went to a cemetery where they didn't really believe the Word of God, and he was sitting in the library and reading the passage in Exodus 14, and he just begins to praise God. God, you, you parted the Red Sea, and the children walked through safely, and seminary professor said, oh, don't believe that. Uh, there's a, there's a place in the Red Sea that they crossed. It was only three inches of water. It really wasn't a miracle at all. God doesn't do miracles. And he reads on and he, and he says, Hallelujah again, and God, thank you for your miracles. He said, well, what are you reading now? And he said, God drowned all the Egyptians in three inches of water. Know that God will act. He loves to act. He loves men and women of faith. He asks the questions, when I come to this earth, will I find such faith? Lord, heal my son. And he believed that his son was healed. An issue uh, that this lady could never get a hold of, God healed her. We must believe that God wants to act. And then in the end, we, we need to praise him, a sacrifice of praise. God, I, 
I didn't trust. My faith failed, and yet I put my trust in you. Can we trust God during the hard times, even when faith doesn't make sense? Listen to some of these things that, that don't make sense but are true of, of our lives. The Christian believes that in Christ we have died, yet we are more alive than we've ever been and expect to live forever. We walk on earth, but we're seated in heavenly places. We are to lose our life to save it and are in danger of losing it if we attempt to save it. We go down to get up. If we refuse to go down, we are already down. But when we start to go down, we are on our way up. If we are strongest when we are weakest, weakest when we are strong. And though poor, we have the power to make others rich. We have most when we have given most away and have least when we possess the most. We may be highest when we are lowest and most sinless when we are most conscious of our sin. We are wisest when we know that we know not, and we may know the least when we have acquired the greatest amount of knowledge. We sometimes do most by doing nothing and go furthest when standing still. We believe we are saved, yet expects to be saved later and looks forward joyfully to future salvation. We fear God, but we are not afraid of Him. In God's presence, we are overwhelmed and undone, yet there is nowhere we'd rather be. A life of faith. But what if our faith fails? Not if, but when. We all fail in faith. I have to hear every Sunday uh, afternoon in our small group, listen, nobody's good for nothing. You can always use David as a poor example. Tom has to tell everybody that every week. When you think of failure, you think of Peter denying the Lord three times. Lord, everybody else will fail you, but, but not me. You can count on Peter. I can do this. Peter failed three times. He denied the Lord. In the Gospels, he tells Mary and Martha, go tell the disciples and Peter that I've risen from the dead. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. And there's going to be all these people, and I want the gospel to be preached to them. And Peter, I want to use you. Peter, you're the man. And Peter preached by God's enabling. And 3,000 souls came to know the Lord that day. We don't want to fail, but even in failure, God is glorified. The disciples all fled. They failed the Lord too, and literally they reached the world with the gospel, and they gave their life. Peter was going back in the world. Don't do it. Some people whose faith fail, they go back to the world to satisfy. They leave the church. They start drinking again. They stray away from God and His people. If your faith fails, go back to God. He's ready and waiting. He's the prodigal father who waits for his son to return. James chapter 5 says, if you ever find someone who's gone astray, you go after him. If you ever hear that Dave Hammond's gone astray, one of you 
come after me like Nathan did David. We need one another. And in, in these last days, it's going to get tougher and tougher. Pray that your faith doesn't fail in God, but your trust will be resolute. Let's go. Let's fight the fight of fight. Fight of faith. Pure and undefiled religion is the faith that goes and visits them. Pure and undefiled is to provide food for the needy. Outreach to others. To visit the prisoners and those in need. Let's be men and women of faith. Because without it, it's impossible to please God. Father, make us men and women of faith who resolutely trust in you because you are worthy of all of our trust. Thank you that you're an all-powerful God and it doesn't seem that you'd want to use someone special like me, but you do. And I pray that I might avail myself in your presence and in your power that you might be glorified in my life and all the dross of that which I've done, which is hay, wood, and stubble will be burned up someday at the judgment seat of Christ. But all that I did in faith will be found honor and glory you and when I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Showed her a, a garment that had all the uh, stitching of needle point. And she said to uh, her, our life is but a weaving betwixt my God and I. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. And she turned it around, and it was a golden crown on the glories of heaven. May we learn that lesson.